Okay. Uh, no, my name is Carolyn. I'm an alcoholic and I am uh, a member of the ACA um, group as well. Um, yeah, uh, I've, I've been in um, AA for some years now. Um, however, uh, you know, and that's been great and I'm so grateful for the AA programme because it turned around what was um, a disastrous drinking career. Um, and I come from a family of alcoholism. Both my parents were alcoholics. Um, and the fellowship was amazing, the fellowship of AA, and it taught me a lot about myself um, uh, I had to start to take responsibility for myself um, and face up to, to things that I did from. But, you know, um, there were some things that were missing really for me and um, and then I heard about a ACA. Um, and when I was in AA, I kind of, I think the problem for me was uh, I'd grown up with a fear of authority. Um, I was very much a people pleaser. And so when I came into AA... I kind of thought, oh, you know, get on with it, take responsibility. There were some similarities with childhood, really, if I'm honest for me. Um, and I, I found ACA, and what it's allowed me to do is unpick what was um, a lifetime of laundry list habits, really. When, when I read that, I was quite amazed. I'd never seen anything like it, and um, the identification was incredible. Um, I had not been able to express my experience. Um, so although I was in AA and I was doing the sharing and doing the steps and the sponsor and so forth, I had not been able to share. I couldn't express what I was. I couldn't express my dilemma in a sense. Um, and then it started, I read the list and it really resonated um, with me. And, um, okay, my experience uh, growing up in an alcoholic family, um, you know, it was a household where you couldn't show feelings. If you show feelings, you know, my mum would drift upstairs. You couldn't deal with any feelings. So you learn to, to try and people please and, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm okay, I'm okay. Um, don't show that you're upset. There was a lot of controlling behaviours in the household. Um, mum would be angry when she was drunk. Uh, dad would be easygoing and laugh. And there were so many sets of parents because I had two sober Two drunk, one drunk, one sober, the other drunk, the other sober. I didn't know what I was coming into. So I really developed that skill of hypervigilance. I became very hypervigilant and I would use this to scan situations and, you know, if I was going into a room or a classroom or anything, you know, at school, I was very hypervigilant. Um, what I wasn't doing was enjoying life, you know. Life wasn't enjoyable. I, was, um, I wasn't behaving like a child. I was a mini adult, you know, with adult responsibilities. Um, I'd take responsibility along with my sibling for my my parents drinking and keeping my mum safe especially. So it's a really heavy load on, um, on my childhood and a lot of fear, a hell of a lot of fear of um, accidents and fires and all sorts of things. Life was frightening. I mean, I was a very frightened child, you know, gripping my hands, I was scared of my dad hitting my mum. You know, it was awful. It was a lot of thinking all the time, trying to work out and control events and control situations. And Kate mentioned earlier about um, the topic, and I suppose control would be um, would be one of the uh, issues. Um, I thought about control as angry people trying to control events and control people. 
what I learned in this fellowship um, and, you know, the ACA and the AA fellowship is control works in all sorts of ways, you know, of doing the ACA work. I learned to to recognise I was trying to control events and situations um, in all sorts of manipulative ways. And what I was doing, I was living in a great deal of fear. You know, um, my mum could say quite odd things at times when she was both sober and drunk and I'd be quite embarrassed and I would try and control what she said and smother what she was saying and distract and all those kinds of things. And I carried that on into, you know, my life in, in sobriety. I would do it with, you know, a high tolerance level for quite awkward people, just to put it that way. And, I, and through ACA, I knew that I was, attract, I was attracted to that type of person through extreme tolerance. And, um, and I would do exactly the same behaviours, try and people please, make it all all right, everyone get on. I felt a real huge responsibility for everyone to... It should be okay, because I was scared of it not being okay. I was trying to paint this lovely picture of life, and it just wasn't true. But I was very controlling, you know. I couldn't trust letting go, um, just letting go and letting life happen. You know, when I was learning in AA a great deal about letting go, right from the beginning, admitting powerlessness over alcohol, that was a letting go, and trusting. But um, my, my childhood... And, left me with feelings that the world was out, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't there, this, whatever this was, this uh, God or higher power wasn't there for me to have anything good because I thought if I get anything good, I'm going to be paying with something bad for the next, you know, I'm going to get a, a tax bill or something, you know. That was my kind of thinking around things, bleak thinking, and um, I just couldn't trust the universe. And, um, and I based it on the fact that this God or high power not stopped my parents from drinking and we'd had that hellish childhood. So I didn't have a lot of trust in things like that. I was angry about it. I did this fellowship, you know, and I've been learning and doing the steps of ACA. And it's been quite a revelation, actually. I've learned a lot about myself, a lot about self-abandonment, you know, and abandoned myself in so many ways, different ways. Um, there was no sort of self-care, self-work. I didn't have a concept of what really self-care looked like. came to ACA and um, uh, I just started to, like, for instance, today I've been to an osteopath and I went to the osteopath and I came out and I started to write in articles and I put that down as an act of self-care, you know, because typically... I wouldn't do, you know, I'd just let things pile up, to be honest. I would avoid, it was like I was avoiding my entire body and just looking out at the world and just trying to save people and situations, but never looking at the self. I found it very uncomfortable, you know, and of course, when you don't look at the self, it ends up in neglect, you know, you're like eating the wrong food, not looking after my health not exercising, um, you know, drinks, but I'd seen that women did getting their nails done or, you know, hairdressing and things like that. I just, just not part of, you know, I don't walk around like a scruff. I just totally, there'd be areas, I just think, get a clean something, you know. So my energy was going into that kind of stuff. 
Uh, and I felt pretty like sort of guilty or uncomfortable with self-care things, you know, if they focus on themselves. Well, I came from a household, of course, the parents were the central energy in the house. All eyes, you know, my siblings' eyes and my eyes were firmly pointed towards our parents and what they were drama they were going to deliver. And so we'd never had the luxury, we had the luxury of just being children and just enjoying life and ex- experimenting with life and experience, you know, lovely experiences. We would, though we did have good, you know, good things happen, but there was a lot of fear and. And so they created energy. And so, of course, you're outward looking to them all the time. And so I felt very uncomfortable with the focus on me. Um, as if you were undeserving of it, to be honest. As if you were undeserving of any attention. And, uh, and if you did get attention, it should be followed by extreme shame and guilt. <laughs> and uh, again, a punishing perspective. ACA coming into this fellowship has taught me a different way. You know, I'm learning all the time. I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm, I'm doing the steps in a group, but, and I've got a long way to go. But what I've learned already and what I'm discovering, it really resonates, you know, in the same way that I do still do the AA program to stop me drinking. I do this work for the self, the parenting, you know, the, to stop the self abandonment because I'll just go back to it. And, um, it's really important for me to, to make connections with other people, you know, to, to deal with self-codependence. Um, codependence is so deeply ingrained in my behaviour, you know. Um, you know, I couldn't separate myself from other people, you know. I'd call off, like when I said about self-care, if I had an appointment for something, it only took someone, a friend, to say they were doing something, and I'd call my appointment off and cancel it. And I'd just let all my things slide. Um, just the codependent in me, you know, um, following what other people, um, you know, suggested or um, liked or all sorts of things. It's like I couldn't stand on my own two feet in a lot of ways. I didn't trust that I was enough. And I learned that to be a loving parent to myself and to look at the inner child. And I do that, you know, I look at a photograph of myself and it fills me with, um, yeah, really strong emotions, really, because I see how innocent children are and how important it is to be, to stop that critical voice, to stop the critical parent voice, you know, um, because, I, you know, I've lots of times I've caught myself saying, well, why did you do that in my own head? And, oh, God, you forgot that. Why did you drop that? And I try to change that now to a loving voice, a loving parent. And so I hear a different voice and a different tone and nurturing things, you know, affirmations. Um, even from getting a nice cup to drink out of, you know, really things that I would never have thought of, like making something an experience. If I'm eating something off a nice plate or a nice cup and just so it feels a bit special and that you feel nurtured. And I'm learning these things, you know. All these things really help. Because when I had the tray and the cup and the, you know, plate, I thought, wow, it looks really lovely. You know, that lovely blue plate and that orange saucer and the, just look nice, a tangerine-coloured cup. And they're all really quite small things, but they matter in the scheme of things because I'm starting to send myself messages 
that it's important to look after yourself and to keep on top of stuff. Um, I would have classically the, um, you know, off the laundry list, uh, a reactor rather than an actor. And so it was like my life was on being postponed because I was, and I'll, I'll take it, this is from being a child in an alcoholic home. I always was waiting for events to unfold before me to see where, what, what I should be doing, what I should, how I should try and save this situation of alcohol in the home and reacting to the parents that really sucked up the energy, really. Um, it was as if we did, they didn't have children um, in some ways. Some ways they did, but a large part of it, but there was, my, my sister mentioned this, even when they weren't fighting, they had the energy because we were hypervigilantly focused on them to see what, what their mood was. Um, instead of them looking at us, it's quite strange. So I was very much a reactor to situations and not an actor. Um, and it feels really strange to me, you know. I'm learning all this stuff about, uh, you know, having a say in things, you know, taking action. Okay, um, you know... You're going somewhere, actually, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do something different. And it feels like a real lift when I do it. You know, it's the smallest things, but I say, you know, I take action in space, like asking someone a question. Uh, you know, classically, I would not ask for any help. I find asking help for help different, difficult. Uh, even, you know, I said before, when I'm be lost, I wouldn't ask for directions. I just bloody go on for ages, you know. Um, instead of just asking someone. It's like I had to get through life Re really the hard way. And so I tried to ask small things, bigger things, like I just I have to ask. Um, but I have to take action, you know, and taking action is deciding things, making decisions. You know, I'd wait around for everyone else to make the decision, just agree to go along with it. And then for we either resentful or, or weak, you know, leave me feeling like I've really got an identity. Um, but, you know, when I, I, and I did, you know, the workout, this programming, it was like people start to see you when you take action and become a person, a real person, they see you and they respond to seeing you. When you don't ask and you don't take action and you wait around and codependence, they don't see you. And then, of course, you're that invisible child that was watching the parent. And so it's really important for me to take responsibility for my life, you know. And I've had stuck periods within the fellowship, you know. And in some ways, alcohol propelled me through life, you know. I couldn't let go of one thing, so I got enough. And I was doing so much. Um, and I came to a kind of, when I stopped drinking, I felt lost, but really lost. I didn't know what my purpose was anymore. Um, and that's happened throughout recovery for me. But since doing AA work alongside ACA, I'm starting to get a better sense of the other bits that were missing. Um, that laundry list is so... Yeah, it's just been kind of transformational, really. It's um, quite incredible. It's really allowed me to see what my dilemmas are and to to do the work and try and change things, you know, being accountable, 
But um, forgiving my parents because they worked with what they had, you know, and I totally understand that. But um, it's, it's almost been like growing up. I felt very immature, you know. Um, I was locked in this kind of get on with it world where it's, life was punishing and I kind of would be very, very tolerant and then if I couldn't take any more, I'd explode, you know, and that just didn't work, <laughs> you know, because people don't react well to you, just exploding. And, um, and then I'd feel the shame. I'd carry the shame of, like, the ex- exploding and I'd then, you know, self-recriminations for losing my temper and uh, felt awful about myself and that kept me stuck. So I wasn't making any headway or any growth because if I'd have interactions and then I'd carry the shame, you know, be resentful, start moaning about somebody, then I was feeling shame again because I hadn't really dealt with the situation and been honest. I couldn't express honesty to someone. I was scared of upsetting people. And so I couldn't be honest. You know, I was too frightened of upsetting people or, or scared of authority. I'm just scared of being honest with people because I thought they react badly. And uh, I've had to learn to speak up, you know. There, it's just words, speak up, but it can be incredibly difficult to do. Um, I've had to do that, you know, to say things. Um, it's funny, I, like, I, I, the other day um, I was in a, in a cafe with somebody and I offer, I offer people a, a coffee and someone in the group, a guy said, he looked at the board and said, no, he said, I'm not paying £2.90 for a coffee. And I said, you're not paying for it, I am. And uh, it just sort of stopped and there was an uncomfortable silence. And it had happened before with this person. Someone had left. Thank you so much. It happened before with this person. And um, well, I'd never said anything. I just left it. And, and in my head, I'm thinking, but I'm paying for it. He's not paying for it. And I began to see, like, how I'd become so invisible. I'd, this persona of invisibility had marked me out as, like, you can say things to me that are clearly not, they're untrue. I am here and I am offering and I am be the one paying. And yet he's claiming it. And um, I would just put up with things like that. And then I think, oh, I've just paid for that. I hope the other people in the group know that he didn't pay it by my... You know, it's like I didn't get a voice. And so all of a sudden I started start to speak up in situations and I was uncomfortable with that because I'd see that as confrontation saying that. Um, that's my thinking. Um, but of course, I've let people think that that's, that's who I am. But this program, thank you, doing the laundry list has been incredible. Learning from people in ACA has been incredible. And... Um, I've got a long way, you know, and it just helps me to to be seen and to have a voice and feature in the world. You know, and uh, I'll leave it there. Thank you.